This week on the Boag World Show, we look at two factors that make your website appealing. Its ability to solve real-world problems and its ease of use. This week's show is sponsored by Balsamic and Full Story. Hello and welcome to the Boag World Show, the podcast about all aspects of digital design, development and strategy. My name is Paul Boag and joining me on this week's show is Marcus Lillington and that is the last thing I'm going to be saying on this show. Uh, and it's not because I'm really poorly. It's my turn to be the sick child. I've got a cold in August of all things. So I'm oh. going to have fits of coughing and all sorts of nasty stuff. Oh, this is going to be pleasurable then. <laughs> Well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm, I'm in full health. I'm in fear. That's why. That's why I'm not speaking in this in on this show. I am afraid of saying a certain word. Ooh. The word I will say it once on this show, and then that is it. I'm going to say the word that really. Apparently, I got a message from somebody in the Slack forum saying, I'm really sorry, Paul, but I've had to stop listening to the show because you say the word really so much. To, well, we're at three to the now. Po- <laughs> I know, I know. And apparently I said it 68 times in one show. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So I'm now afraid to speak. But there you go. Oh, I'm sorry oh. you're feeling ill. That's a bit sucky. Yeah, it's crap. I've never had a summer. I've, I've heard that they're a thing. I actually had a go at Dan. At, not a go. That's too strong. Dan said, oh, I'm feeling a bit sort of peaky uh, last week. I think it was. And I said, oh, it'll just be some allergy thing. You know, there'll be a tree in bloom or something. Uh, and then uh, that Friday, I started to stream. And it's still... Um, going on so meh is all i can say nasty i'm glad i'm not in the same room as you then this is yeah. good i think i'm well past the uh the point of being contagious i'm at the i've just realized I, you sent me a, a a message in chat saying can you send me the show notes so mm-hmm. i replied in chat sending mm-hmm. you the show notes forgetting that we now do this show live <laughs> and so i've now just sent the show notes to all of the people that are watching the show live so enjoy seeing um, seeing uh, uh, what our show notes are like. <laughs> no, no one's yeah, looking. They're saying they're they didn't peak. They're all liars. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. It's not got anything confidential in there, so it's uh, not a problem. Yeah. So so I'm just I'm making mistakes like that all the time at the moment because I'm in one of those. I've just got too much going on. Do you know what I mean? When you're almost like hysterical, you don't mm-hmm. know which of like 30 different things to all do at the same time. So I've literally, the reason I didn't send you the show notes earlier is because I literally just finished them as I was logging into this room. Fair so, enough. I only started I hassling you 10 minutes ago. So it's kind of, that's how much I, I care. Have you been <laughs> hassling me? I hadn't even noticed. I, I tried you? it on Skype, but obviously you're, you don't have that open. No, I, uh, Skype I've pretty much abandoned since they updated it because it is so crap now. Mm-hmm. It's like they're intentionally trying to make it worse. 
uh, that's my theory as well. They have too many users, and they want to make it worse, and then they'll then they'll make a really good version of it that you have to pay for. Or a, a Microsoft, uh, you know, a full Microsoft experience version. Yeah. But, you know, it's so weird. Anyway, whatever. Whatever More makes them up. happy. Yeah, exactly. I'm at that kind of I don't care point. So, Marcus, talking of things I don't care about, do you have a thought for the day? <laughs> you probably will care about this one. Oh, will I? Is it a good one? Well, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll reserve judgment on that. It's not a particularly webby thing. Oh, here we um, go. Why cricket's important. No, no, no. Actually, the cricket is on at the moment, um, and we're not doing that well, although we appear to be fighting back. It's, it's on in Southampton as we speak. So oh. um, if I go glazed over, it means that I'm watching that instead of uh, listening to you. <coughs> yes. <clears throat> anyway, the title of today's thought for the day is we need to lighten up. Okay. <laughs> I like this. This is going to appeal to me. Yeah, go on, carry on. Things have been a little bit tough lately, right? Uh, In what way? Business has been slow. Okay. We've we've lost a few pitches that I thought we would or should have won. Mm -hmm. We therefore haven't paid ourselves any bonus this summer. Um, Donald Trump is in office. Yeah. Brexit is looming. Mm -hmm. Everything seems to be more expensive. Mm -hmm. I'm getting greyer and older and weaker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, um, I've got to say, so far this isn't lightening up very much. Mm-hmm. But I'm, no, just setting, I often, I'm setting the scene. You're setting okay. the scene. Okay, fair enough. Yes, uh, I agree with all of the above. And more, more, more's to the point. I've got a cold in August. I know. And you, but could, if it makes you any feel better, it makes you feel better about the headscape thing. You are not alone by any stretch. I've just literally got off of a phone call with somebody, not phone call, it's a chat with somebody saying their agency's really struggling, that they've just lost a major client. I've had a really slow summer. Yeah, I heard, I heard saw you saying. So, so it, perhaps it's, yeah, and people are saying in the chat room the same. Paul's saying mm. in the chat room it's been yeah. a crappy summer. Yeah, so, I, I, I'm aware of that. And also, you know, there are, the pipeline's looking all right. So yeah. we, we've done really well for the past three years, so we can kind of ride it. But it's still yeah. meh. But anyway, that yeah. was just an, another example of meh. Yeah, yeah. And the general kind of uh, conclusion that everything is shit, right? Mm. <laughs> well, great. No, no it isn't. No, um, I, I, I have been feeling a little bit sorry for myself, but some scary stuff has happened to three of my friends lately mm. that's made me realise what's ha- what's important in life. Yeah, um, and it's health, basically. I mean, there's an awful lot of talk has been we covered it in this show, mental health, but this is physical health. Mm. <laughs> basically two of my friends he says hacking away um, <laughs> um have had uh shadows on their lungs detected uh one of which has had to have the lower right lobe removed completely uh she's doing amazingly well which is which is fantastic but it's still very scary uh and the other friend uh was rushed to hospital for a heart operation he's also mm. okay hooray uh but you can kind of see the worry and stress in their eyes all three of them yeah. it's like it's really heavy shit basically it's really real mm. um now of course making a living is really vital to kind of feeding and clothing ourselves and our families and all of that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, and not having enough cash is a source of stress in itself um 
But this is my rather short thought for the day, if you like, um, is that we need to find the right balance between work and play. Um, Mm. And when I say play, I mean whatever it is that you do that lowers your stress for you personally. Mm. Um, Because I've been very scarily reminded lately of the fragility of our existence if you don't get that balance right. Yeah. And I I think there's there's a couple of other things in that. One is that, when you're when you're going through something really difficult right um in your business for example when business is going bad Mm. the trouble is is that you you become uh understandably so you become inward looking Mm -hmm. right you're looking at your problems and your stresses and your difficulties and what a nightmare it is um and so actually it's only when you you look outwards and you look at the rest of the world and what's going on around you that you actually realise mm. not that thing of oh well there's some always someone Something, worse yeah, off yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, my is, point yeah on on about yeah we still need to make a living we still need yeah. to work we need need to do these stressful things but you've got to kind of see it in context of everything else well what what I was going to say which is the same Sorry. kind of thing is it's that that feeling of not that. Or, you know, there's always someone worse off. But the feeling that you're not alone in that stress, that that the world is full of people, the Mm. human condition is struggling, you know, against different things. And that you feel so isolated and alone. You feel like it's just you that's struggling. But we're all struggling with something. Mm. You know, there are all things that we're battling with. And so, actually, it makes a big difference to realize that, you know, when your friends are struggling with things as well. And and, and even that thing of when you're kind of, because no doubt this has happened to you, that your friends are going through these health problems. And so, you've then suddenly become focused on helping them. And as mm. As soon as you start helping them it almost makes your problems feel less you know yeah. uh, I, I'm also i mean there's a flip side of that i mean this is probably why i brought this up as a, a thought as my personal thought is i have very luckily been fairly bulletproof all my life and i still am mm. Uh, he says with a cold in the summer um that that doesn't count <laughs> as not being bulletproof no, no i know but it's like it's just reminded me of, um, yeah, our fragility um, physically, well, yeah, and mentally, but this particularly physically, and it's kind of, yes, it's just seeing that look in their eyes of kind of yeah. really scared. It, it just, it's, it's been something that's that's overtaken all of that other stuff that I started yeah. this um, yeah. chat off with. So yeah, so it's you know, and that struggling with with work is it's part of running your own business it's part of being your your own boss and Mm. you know we get a lot of perks out of doing that you know there's a there's that potential you know to to suddenly win some big project and get you know suddenly be really well off and are doing great we get the flexibility in terms of the lifestyle we lead there has to be a downside because it's not fair otherwise buck stops with you basically what's that the buck stops with, yeah. with us that's so yeah if if it's good it's great if it's bad it's all on you yeah and 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 the, the great thing is marcus you, you know i know that you guys are using that downtime really well you've redesigned your website at the moment and mm-hmm. it's not quite gone live but I, you know it was really nice looking at it earlier and seeing how well it's come together and you know mm. you've got to be chuffed with that haven't you next week well so, by the time we record the next one i hopefully it'll be live excellent <coughs> so um 
yeah keep it keep an eye on that headscape.co.uk because um because to be honest it needed updating <laughs> so it did <laughs> have a, if, if you can get a look at their existing site and see what happens if you neglect a site for a so long length of time that bad <laughs> <laughs> but yes it, does, but it did need an update and, and most importantly you've updated the the kind of video graphic on the homepage because I'm currently on the Headscape homepage. It features a load of people that haven't worked at the company. I think there's like one person in there that's still at the company. That's an exaggeration, Paul, and you know Maybe. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yes, we thought yeah, we were kind of like, what should we put on the homepage? And I've had so many clients and even potential clients go, we love your homepage. The current one, just it's just, it's just a video with, well, it's it's a it's a it's a GIF animated GIF with little bits that animate. So we just thought, well, let's do it again with all the people in the company who are actually in the company, except yeah. that, except we Dan didn't manage to get in it, but he's on the site elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> all right well um that's that yes yeah. good shall we shall we talk about our first sponsor very briefly um which is balsamic well i say our first sponsor actually i'm going to talk about myself because you know cricket. we're not gonna no, do not check the cricket i had a really actually a really interesting thing with balsamic this morning well it wasn't and it wasn't about dealing with balsamic the client i got this um contact out of the blue from a a guy i won't go into details about who he is because that's a bit unfair on him but a guy got to me out of the blue he's um they work in the the finance sector they wanted some help wire framing uh, 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 a thing that they were doing on their site and um and he said look i know nothing about user experience at all you know i've listened to some of your stuff but i'm a stockbroker or a lender or whatever i don't know something financial yeah can you help us out and have a look at this right and so he sent through to me he said we've got this form and we want to make it as easy as possible for people and so he mocked up this form in excel in order Ooh. to show it to me right Which <laughs> yeah kind of worked yeah. actually yeah, I mean, it's like you know, know columns isn't it yeah and that was a while ago and i couldn't start until this coming week so i've literally just had a call with him a few minutes ago and he said i came across this tool called balsamic right yeah. and so i've tried mocking it up in that <laughs> I, honestly i'm i'm pissed at balsamic and because he's done, he's, the, done the job for you done it so well he's done a really great job he's kept it really clean it looks great it's he's done brilliantly for someone who knows nothing about user experience or user interface design he has done a really good job and, and i said to him you've done really well and he said ah oh, yeah well I've, I've read a few of your articles and stuff but he's obviously just picked up and ran with balsamic and he's done great um, he's got stuck on the mobile experience, so that's what I'm going to help a little bit with. But he's like made my di my job so much more difficult because suddenly <laughs> I've got to you know actually be competent. You know this. <laughs> you know we've always said for years that we should uh, share our experience and our knowledge to kind of pull in clients. That's yeah, it's a bad coming, idea. Yeah, it's 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 uh, coming back to bite you in particular now because <laughs> <laughs> you you everything you know is online. Uh, so I know. Someone can just go and read it and you'll never be hard again. There you go. Exactly. Oh, well. 
<laughs> um, so, no, what I'm supposed to be talking about with Balsamic was um, the fact, you know, last week we were talking about how they're going to do these wireframing clinics where you can, yeah. you know, if you're a not-for-profit or a small startup that's doing something cool, they'll you can sign up and they'll wireframe it with you kind of live. Well, um, I'm doing something similar with them as well. I'm going to do a UX review um, uh, kind of um, webinar where where we're going to talk through some websites, some of the challenges they face and that kind of thing. And hopefully, if there's an interest, we'll do it re- reasonably regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got a website that you'd like me to look at, but you're too tight to pay me, um, or you just can't afford my ridiculously expensive rates... Um, then you can get me to do it for free, which is a bit of a bonus. Um, you go to balsamic.com forward slash learn forward slash BOAG review, or one word, and uh, you'll get to a landing page. You just fill in fill in the form and, and submit it. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, there's no point doing that. No one will do it, right? But in my experience, that, you know, oh, sorry, not no one will do it. I said that completely right. Everyone will do it. There'll be loads of them. Yeah, too many. Yeah, too many. And I'll never get picked. In my experience, that doesn't happen. Right? <laughs> that actually, nobody actually gets around to doing it. So I'm actually, I don't want to be embarrassed, people. Because if they don't get anybody <laughs> that fills this in, I'm going to feel like a complete and utter numpty. So I've told them this is going to work. So don't make a fool of me, people. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> so talking about giving away information for free. Yep. I've produced this wonderful masterclass. And now I'm giving away all the information for free that's in the masterclass. But I have got a secret ploy to get people to buy the masterclass rather than just listen to it all on the podcast. Do you want to, do you want to know? Just between you and me, Marcus. Right? Go on then. Go on then. My How? secret ploy... Mm. Is I use the word really so often <laughs> 19. that people yeah, <laughs> that people give up with it and they just decide to buy the masterclass instead. It's a genius plan. It that's but, called subliminal messaging. Yes. Yeah. Buy buy my thing. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I I've never noticed you say really a lot. I mean, you are very no. annoying, Paul. Obviously, but. Um, <laughs> But for no, totally different reasons. Yeah, but <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, you know, like you, some people do have certain things they say or certain mm. ways they say things that you think are oh, really grating on me. But that's not something I've noticed. So one thing that I caught myself doing a lot is I tend to go into a big explanation with the client, and then I finish the sentence by going, "Does that make sense?" And I always do that. And okay, it's actually quite a good idea to because it gets confirmation for people that you're carrying them with you, mm. that they're going with you. But, you know, at some point you've got to go, you know, you can't put that on the end of every sentence. So look, lots of other people are doing it as well. They, they do it in the chat room as well. So mm. I'm not alone. Woohoo. Okay, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, so we've got a couple of topics. The first one is I want to look at... Um, what problem are you solving? Um, when we create websites <coughs> and we want people to complete calls to action and we want people to do stuff on the site, we tend to focus very much on what we want to say, what we want to get across, etc. But really, you need to be asking yourself, before you get into doing any of that, what problem does my product or service solve, right? 
so headscape what problem does headscape solve for people right now not what your product does but what they need you to solve right uh-huh um and so often our websites, and I can't remember, I probably, I, I bet you've made this mistake. I like <laughs> to, if we're going to pick on someone, let's pick on Headscape. I bet they've got a section, you've got a section, I can't remember. Have you got a section called services or something y- like that? Yes, yes. Yeah. Used to be yeah. called, called, um. What we do. What we do, yeah. But I prefer services. I'm trying to be less chummy. I found, I, I kind of did a review. You're of, too nice, Marcus. Damn well, you. Well, it, it, I, I even went back and looked. I looked on uh, archive.com at the previous version of the Headscape site, and that was, like, so chummy. It was painful. You know, right. I, can't, I, I'd need to, I will go back and have a look, and I'll remind you of some of the things that were on it. Um, and I just thought, it, it doesn't really... This is quite a hard thing to say, but it, it's... it's, it, it's our, the character of the company is kind of get things done mm. you know sort of i can't think of the right words but we're we're not sort of matey trendy what you know no. london-y kind of agency we're we're just kind of professional nice people and reliable try, yeah try and get those kind of uh, traits across and so i've been trying to lose the the kind of chumminess and what yeah. we do was one of those things and i thought yeah well, services is just more descriptive but anyway i've gone off on a massive i mean don't get me wrong i'm not i haven't got a problem with services um but it it, but it what it does do is it it shifts it on to us right as headscape this is what we do Mm -hmm. right you've renamed it services but essentially it's the same thing rather than what benefit you provide right Mm -hmm. how you help people yep and 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 we we do that a lot a lot of websites do it. Although recently I came across a website that actually went too far that way. So they focused so much on benefits. They never actually really explained what it was they did, ah. um, which was, you know, that was equally bad. So there is a balance there, <laughs> but generally yeah. speaking, we need to be talking about um, the benefits. So take, for example, something like, I don't know, signing up for a newsletter on a blog which is aimed at hardcore gamers right so i'm a video gamer they want to get people to sign up for their newsletter right yep now the site should list the features um of what the the newsletter is going to contain how often they will receive it how easy it is to unsubscribe those kinds of things but they shouldn't just stop at that so often you have things like you know subscribe to our newsletter well why what benefit are you providing but if it said something like subscribe to become a better gamer or subscribe to discover your next favorite game that's a lot more compelling because Mm. it it talks about the benefits what you're going to get out of it as a person so another another example I use a lot are web design agencies themselves. We list all the services that we offer, which are our features. Um, and then we do kind of talk about um, our benefits, kind of. We say things like providing an outstanding user experience, right? Mm-hmm. But is that actually the benefit, right? I think sometimes we don't dig deep enough right so yes you know if we do user testing and write good content and do good design then the benefit of doing that is it provides 
a better user experience. But is that the benefit the clients actually care about? Is that the need, if you like, that you're fulfilling underneath all of that? In truth, you probably want to dig a little bit deeper and ask yourself, well, why does why does the potential client care about creating a better user experience? So actually, the benefit, the strap line might be something like exceeding your sales goals with an outstanding customer experience. Because they're more, the reason they want a great user experience is because they want to ex- exceed their sales goals now you could dig even deeper you know why do they care about their sales goals you know so it could end up with being something like um you know uh get your end of year bonus but that (laughs) probably is a bit too honest (laughs) if the truth is you know we, but that we, we've got of looking we, i'll give you an example of the kind of yeah. words that we're trying because we're probably maybe not going far enough but um on our services page which we've reduced to one page now not the yeah. five or whatever it was before um we there's different sections on research on strategy that kind of thing um there's uh, on strategy it says we help our clients to identify opportunities and add value by improving how they harness web and other digital technologies we have helped a number of clients with digital transformation projects that have led to real organizational change which i think yeah. is kind of focused in the right direction yeah i think i'd probably go a little bit deeper than that because it's very much say you know i may be how does that help the business yeah, you know, I suppose my problem with that is that it could help in a hundred different ways. Yeah. Or t- ten different ways would be, how do you deal with that? I suppose you could list it. You could come yeah, up with a list. why of not? Yeah. All right, rewrites the content. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I've just got, I found the old Headscape, the old, old Headscape site, and our news section on the homepage was labelled bragging rights. Oh, Ow. <laughs> what were we thinking? Hideous. That is terrible, terrible. Anyway. Which idiot came up with that? I suspect that was me. <laughs> I also you know don't know. Could be neither of us. Probably it, wasn't Chris. You know, you go through these <laughs> these in things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm currently into making it personal and approachable. So then yeah, I yeah. come up with some bullshit like that. Never, <laughs> never listen to a word I say, people. I tell you. <laughs> right um so how can we work out what those underlying needs are well i mean we've got obviously maslow's hierarchy of needs as a starting point there's also something called a um maslow's hierarchy needs is a bit bullshitty to be honest it's not really based on very much it works great if you're a white middle class male but that's about it um there are other models as well as things like the human given model which looks at things like safety and security autonomy and control status privacy um attention intimacy there's the whole load of them i won't bore you with it all now but looking at things like that even maslow's hierarchy of needs to be honest is inspiration for how to dig a little bit deeper and to maybe get into some of those things in a little bit more more detail so understanding people's needs is one part of it but also understanding the questions they have when they're making a decision to buy is really important as well. So it's like objection handling. What are the, what are the objections they might have? So a newsletter is a great example of this, isn't it? You know, when someone signs up for a newsletter, they're asking themselves questions like, you know, are they going to be spamming me every five minutes? Are they going to sell my data to someone else? How hard is it to unsubscribe? You know, um, et cetera, et cetera. What is it? Is it, is the newsletter actually going to contain anything of value that that helps me Mm. um so kind of 
knowing what those objections are and being clear in your mind about what those objections are, what those questions are, is really, really important so that you can answer and address them. And that's why where something like top task analysis becomes really, really useful. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll link to um, Jerry McGovern's article on a list apart um, about top task analysis because it's um, actually very good. He says trying to type <laughs> top task analysis. I'll take um, over. I feel yeah. top task analysis is the best um, method. It's, it's the best thing to include in any kind of survey. Because you know what, yeah. I've probably said this before, but surveys, you tend to get people who either love you or hate you. Um, and if you if you, if you you say to them, uh, you know, what's your opinion on this, then you're just going to get a whole load of rubbish. Um, mm. Whereas if you get them to select a ser- uh, normally five things, isn't it, from a list of, say, between 50 and 100 things, yeah. then it kind of randomizes it. Uh, and yeah. you end up with quantitative results, which are really useful. Absolutely. So, yes. I tell you another one that I've done recently. Um, I've been I'm trialing this currently on my um, uh, blah, 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 on my masterclass page, which is I've got a list of um, I ask people if you're not going to buy today, why not? I'm currently asking coming out and asking them, and I'm giving them a multi-choice list of reasons why they might not be buying today just to see you know so i get an understanding of what's actually stopping people do you know what i mean it's a silly little thing but it's actually really i'm really pleased with the results i'm learning loads of you know useful stuff because i thought with you though paul well i'd I'd see no reason why not yeah why wouldn't they be (laughs) yeah you know so for for example i thought price was going to be the number one reason but actually, right up there is, well, I don't really understand what's in the course. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a bit worrying, you know? Yeah. So so actually, you know, um, surveys can be really good. I'm really into them at the moment. Um, but they do need to be worded so carefully. You need mm. to you need, need to put a lot of effort thinking about them. But no, one, I'm, I'm One more them. thing on that, um, and mm. I have to, um, th- this is down, down to... Chris, who came up with this, but we're doing a, um, a cert or about to do a survey at the moment. Uh, and as well as doing having top tasks, we're doing kind of top factors um, for making a choice on something. So it's kind yeah. of, it's, you've got tasks on one, your list of tasks, and then the next section is about different factors. So we can kind yeah. of, uh, and also we're obviously segmenting the audiences as well uh, before mm. we get to that. So hopefully we should get some really mm. useful stuff because this is quite quite a, a scary thing that we're, we're We've been asked to look at um, redesigning a, a site that makes quite a lot of money. Um, ah. And the people uh, that are running it think that it's, and, and they're right, it's not very usable. But of course, it still makes quite a lot of money. So you've yes. got to be very careful about uh, what recommendations you make uh, if it stops making quite a lot of money. But yeah. That's really interesting because we're going to come on to some of the challenges around that in just a minute but let's talk we'll talk yeah. about full story and then I'll, then i'll come back to that because that ties in beautifully it's almost like we're professionals but but i do need to talk about full story before i do that so um full story i've been huge supporters of this show for like i think they've been on for about 20 seasons now they're just like a consistent advertiser i might be exaggerating again it, I, I do occasionally do that once in a while. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe a <laughs> hundred thousand times you've exaggerated. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> when trying to convince your uh, colleagues that you need to make improvements to your site, I find that there are two types of people, right? There are those that respond to empathy and those that respond to statistics, right? And that is why I like Full Story, because it it sits slap bang in the middle of those two things, right? So it's great for winning over colleagues um, and clients and people like that, because you can provide them with the statistical data. You can show them that X number of people have dropped out at this point, that they're struggling with this. But you can also show them videos of users getting frustrated and annoyed and rage clicking and things like that. So it allows you um, to, you know, for those that are empathetic to, to show them users struggling um, and that, that kind of resonates with people, but it also allows you to provide those st- statistically significant numbers. So yeah. I think it really it's that kind of sweet spot between analytics and usability testing. It doesn't replace either, but it reinforces both. So I, I really, really love screen recorders. And Full Story is one of the best ones out there. The best one out there, in my humble opinion. I might be slightly biased, maybe. <laughs> um, but you can sign up today and get a free month um, of their pro account. So you can judge for yourself whether or not I am biased. You don't need to enter any credit card. And even at the end of that month, you can continue to use them for up to a thousand sessions per month, absolutely free. Go and check them out at fullstory dot fullstory dot com forward slash boag. Cool. Right back to back to what you were talking about. Right. The reason that I'm interested in that is because um, when you redesign a website like that, you break people's existing mental models. Right. So. Anything that you do to change that will cause problems to existing customers, okay? Mm. Because they're used to the experience. So you will see a decline in in um, existing customers and how they respond to the site. And, and the reason for all of that is something called cognitive load. I am obsessed with cognitive load, right? You know, we were okay. talking about what what people's new thing you know that i go through stages where i have different things the moment is cognitive load that's all that matters right nothing else matters in the world except cognitive load right I, i i so wish right now we were a video podcast okay marcus have you ever seen the gorilla experiment no Oh, you just, it, it is just brilliant. Right, I'm going to explain it, which totally ruins it the instant you explain it. Um, but essentially what it is, is you can Google it and you'll find it on YouTube really easily. So um, it's an experiment where you're watching a, a, a load of, there's two teams, people wearing white tops and black tops. And the, um, then each team is passing a ball between their own team members there's two balls and they're kind of walking in in and out of one another um as they pass the ball around and your job is to count how many times the black team passes the ball between them right and of course because they're all moving and because there's lots of people it's very very easy to you know it's quite hard you have to concentrate quite a lot now the reason it's called the gorilla experiment or the invisible gorilla experiment is halfway through the experiment a person dressed as a gorilla walks out <laughs> in the middle of the stage, beats his chest, and walks off the other side. But because you are concentrating so hard on that ball being passed, 
50% of people miss the gorilla, right? They mm. don't see the gorilla because they're concentrating so hard. Now, that is cognitive load in action. You're, you're being overwhelmed and you're, you're, you're not being able to um, take in everything that's happening. Um, and so, obviously, that is very much applicable on a website. If there's too much going on, if there's too much happening, people miss your call to action. If they miss your call to action, doesn't matter how clever the wording is, does it? Yep. You know, right. it's not going to work. So this is why our websites re- need to be really simple. But here's the other thing is you'll sit down and you'll look at the website and you'll go, it is very simple, right? <laughs> well, there are two reasons for that. One is that you've looked at the website a hundred times. So yep, yep. for you, it's familiar. But the second problem is you're giving that website your full attention. Mm. Users don't. Users have got a cat that's just jumped on their lap or the doorbell's just gone or they're sitting on a train or they've got screaming kids. So their cognitive load is already high at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. So very rarely does anybody give your site the full attention. So what all this means is not only are people more likely to, to miss your call to action, high cognitive load has other effects too. We don't like it. We don't like being overwhelmed. Right. No. Yep. And so as a result, if a website is overwhelming us or contributing to overwhelming us, we dislike the website. Also, when we have to really think about something, it wakes system two. I talked about system yeah, yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't like using yeah. system two. We don't like using system two. But also system two is more cynical. Right. So once system two is engaged, we're more likely to reject the website that we're looking at or go, well, that isn't a very good deal or pick it apart in some kind of way. Hmm. And when our cognitive load is high, we tend to be more distrustful as well. So all in all, cognitive load, bad, right? We want to avoid cognitive load. Now, the obvious response to that is that we want to simplify everything, remove elements, you know, make it as simple as possible. And that is step one, one of the things step I love. Step three, step four. Yes. Wizards, make, make everything yeah. into a wizard. <laughs> That's not always well, the answer, but I know where you're going. That's kind of yeah. what, the, what gov.uk have done. Yeah. And, yeah. And they, and get, it, they get, it, you know, it works. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And the new Headscape site, very simple. Looks great. Perfect. Sweet spot on that. Love that a lot. But there are other factors at play here. And this brings me back to your new client. And that's um, familiarity, right? Mm. That if you're familiar with something, your cognitive load is lower because you don't have to think as much about it. So a great example of that is when you've been (laughs) driving for years. I used this example before, didn't I, on the podcast? Mm. You've been driving for years. You don't have to think about it. It becomes easy and your cognitive load is low because it's familiar. That's why using Amazon is so easy because even though it's not a particularly well-designed site and, and is overwhelming you with a lot of things, you're so used to using it that the cognitive load is low. So the problem is when you redesign the site, you break those mental models, it's no longer familiar, and your mm. cognitive load shoots up, right? Yep. So Makes sense. your answer is avoid redesigns. Mm, yeah, but that doesn't always work. There, you know, if you like in your case, Marcus, with your client, if you know that there are usability problems, you want to address those, don't you? It's silly to leave them there just because, you know... Uh, yeah. It's 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 a nightmare. 
It's, oh. uh, uh, yeah, well, and I won't go into the detail of that. Maybe I could come up with a thought on that and when we've gone into it a bit further and we, and we, uh, yeah, you know, we've got into it a bit more deeply because at the moment it's just kind of research and we're finding out stuff about what yeah. users want. Uh, but yeah, the final point and is the, to make some recommendations about how yeah, it should be. Yeah, and the problem, changed. the problem will be is making it clear in your recommendations this will have consequence on returning users. Yeah, Because yeah. you'll fix a load of stuff, and it'll be great for new users because they've got no no familiarity. So from them, it's just going to lower cognitive load from where it would have been. Hmm. But for repeat users, it will actually temporarily raise the cognitive load. Yeah. So when we do redesign, we need to do so with care. And there's kind of three things that... that I think you should do one is you should mirror the previous site as much as possible. So don't change stuff. You don't need to change, sure. uh, but it's amazing <laughs> how often people do do that. Oh yeah. We are hired as an agency to redesign the site. If we are just making some small changes, then we won't look like we've earned our money. Will we, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> so you kind of feel obliged to do more. So you, you don't redesign things. You don't need to redesign. Sometimes you want to allow people to switch back, allow a transition period, right? So Gmail is a good example of this at the moment, right? They've just launched a new interface for Gmail, and you can switch back to the old version if you don't like the new one. Skype could do with doing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. But, But, of course, that's very interesting as well because you then build up all these stats about how many people are adjusting to the new site, how unhappy people are with it, and that kind of stuff. And then the third thing you can do is you can highlight changes to returning users. So you might actually want to say to your clients, your client, stick a cookie on them now, right? Mm. Before you make all the changes, so we know that when we do make the changes, that these people are people that have been using the the previous version of the site. And so we can give them a bit of advice on boarding, if you like, about how the website has changed and improved. You didn't just write that down, did you, Marcus? No, I'm just just thinking about it more than Uh, I normally do. Hang on a minute. Are you getting free consultancy from me here? This This is... like everyone else's paul oh yeah (laughs) good point i forget there's other people listening uh yeah so so that is how you know i deal with familiarity and then of course also you going back to the cognitive load thing that has other effects so we want to if you want to keep cognitive load down and you want that to keep that sense of familiarity that doesn't just apply to redesigns it also applies to consistency across your user interface right you want it to behave in a consistent way for all users um and that isn't just consistency within your own site so obviously you know something like a um a design uh, library would you know well, that's not the right word pattern library, library design yeah. system system yep. would help with that ensuring that consistency across site great another reason to have a, a pattern library where hey we you know we know that they're a good thing already but we also need to think about familiarity between sites as well right and not just within the same sector because we don't want to look all just like our competitors because obviously that's a bit crap but there are certain conventions that have come along on the website, uh, you know, on the internet, which we need to stick with. I feel like I've talked about this before on the podcast recently. If I, uh, it might be, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. getting confused. 
because I've been doing webinars on this this course, and so I'm forgetting what I said where. So I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. But um, the basic principle, the basic principle I'm driving at is that there is a bit of a thing at the moment within the design community that oh, all websites are looking the same. Oh, it's so boring and it's it's terrible for the design industry and even though i say that in a sarcastic tone of voice i i actually do have sympathy with that um, position mm. you know we have become a bit stave we've become a bit boring we've become a bit repetitive I and i te- would technology and processes are another reason for that happening yeah um, it's easy to just repeat stuff or it's easier exactly. to repeat stuff but anyway, yeah. that's a tangent that we don't need to go off on. But from a, from a purely cognitive load perspective, there is a huge benefit from being consistent with user expectations mm. that they've learnt via websites. So, for example, if I say to you, where should a shopping basket appear on a website, right? You instinctively uh, down, down the go, bottom in the footer every time exactly (laughs) you know where does the logo appear where does navigation appear we all know where these things should appear on websites and so we've got to have a damn good reason for moving Mm. them from those positions because if we do immediately cognitive load's going to go up it's going to feel unfamiliar people are going to have to think because we have something called um uh procedural knowledge right now procedural knowledge is that um if i say to you what are the points of a compass you'll probably go never eat shredded wheat in your head or naughty elephant squirt water or something like that in order to remember and that's called a mnemonic a way of remembering the the the, um, positions and that's how we remember a lot of things right including say searching on a website your procedural knowledge says you arrive on a website you want to search you look top right hand corner do you see a, a, a input field? You type in your search query. Is there a button next to it? You press the button, yeah. right? So if anything out of that procedure gets broken, so the input field is, or the, the search box isn't in the top right-hand corner, um, or the box that's in there is sign up for our newsletter, which is a mistake we once made on the Headscape mm. site years yep. and years ago. <laughs> and we ended up yes. with a load of search queries being entered into our... Or if mm. um, if the button is you know doesn't say search, it says something else or whatever, it throws our procedural knowledge and that increases our cognitive load. So, yes, that's a bit about um, cognitive load. Cool. And I mean, none of that, none of nothing that I've said there, I think, blows you away. You know, it's all common sense, isn't it, really? And I think Uh, anybody that's worked in design for any length of time would already know it. But it's worth it's worth knowing the psychology behind it. But knowing words like procedural knowledge, cognitive load, because when you talk to a client, then it makes it sound like you're not just making shit up and that there's some kind of real science behind it rather than, oh, white Mm. space is good. We need white space Mm. on our design. Now you can say, because we're trying to reduce cognitive load. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's a really good point because when we've been talking about staying with conventions for years, but it's been because there's a lot of sites that do it kind of thing Mm. and we don't want to annoy people, but it's, maybe a little bit more uh, behind it than that but i've never gone to this level i'm uh, talking about things like cognitive load that 
and yeah, it, for some people, I think it would maybe uh, make the difference for them when they're when they're particularly about simplifying things because it's all mm. very well. We also we, everyone, if you talk to a client and whatever, everyone will go, yes, simplification that makes sense because it's make it easier for the user. And then when it actually comes down to making choices about things about what's going to be removed, then it's then it's different. So having some kind of thing to back up your arguments like this is useful so yes i mean the way that that i like to think of it is it's almost like a bucket right and that that every little thing every form field every element is like putting a drop of water in the bucket and the bucket slowly fills up you know and some of those things will be to do with your website but some of them will be external. So the bucket's probably already half full, if not more, before they even arrive on your website with kids and all the other stuff. And then drip, 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 drip of annoyance. And then eventually the bucket overflows. And when it overflows, they they snap and they leave and you've lost them. Uh, And so you're absolutely right. And the thing about that you know it's where the rubber hits the road of those little decisions people are making you know uh, those oh do we add this extra field well one more field doesn't make any difference Mm. or just this element doesn't make any difference and that's where i do the user retention point exercise um which i I must have covered before i'll put a link in the show notes to the user retention point exercise um if you're interested Uh, and it's just a way of of kind of getting people to think about how these things have a cumulative effect over time. And yeah, yeah, that's what you want to do, isn't it, really? Yep. Right. I think. Uh, what are you erring at? I need a joke. I've got one. Hey. Oh, it's, it's like he hasn't planned ahead again. Really? I mean, you don't have that much to do on the show, Marcus. Is it really that difficult? It, it, I've got it. It's there in front of me. I was just thinking, ah, I need to go and get it. It was hiding behind other windows. Oh, okay. So you had pre-prepared. You haven't just grabbed the first joke you came across about the the Slack (laughs) channel. (laughs) No. All right, go for it. Okay, this is from Ian. Headscape Ian. Oh, Headscape Ian. (coughs) Yes. I'm sure he does have a surname. Ian Luckraft. So there you go. Excuse me. <coughs> oh dear, I'm the dying. internet famous, isn't he? Yeah. He's blogging regularly now, or has he given up yet? <coughs> he is doing. He is blogging, and he's also looking after um, the Headscape Twitter account. Bless him, because no one else wants oh. to do it. So good on him. Do we um, know anyway, what Ian Luckcraft's website address is? I want to. Uh, uh, Luckcraft dot com. I think. Let me have a look. Uh, I can tell you. One second. Team. This. Ian. Uh, personal site is ianluckcraft.co.uk. So Ian, Doc. then Luckcraft, yeah. which is L-U-C-K-R-A-F-T dot co dot U-K. And he's a proper techie. Yeah, so that's like a proper techie blog. Oh, good yeah. for him. He and seems he, to be keeping... Hang on a minute. Last post, 27th of March. Well, you don't... Don't be mean. He was doing it every week up until then. Well, he'll have to put up something now, won't he? I'll feel the pressure after after <laughs> he, we've just mentioned him on the show. Ian listens religiously every week. So, hello, Ian. And don't listen to the nasty Paul. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, I am not being nasty. I'm encouraging him. I'm encouraging oh, okay. him to keep blogging. Because it's so easy to give up, isn't it, when it comes to blogging? 
Um, you know, and it's really hard to keep going every week. Trust me, I know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> After 13 yes. years of it. Um, but yeah, no, and he should keep going. There's not enough people blogging these days. Everybody's just kind of, you know, spewing random thoughts on Twitter and Facebook. And we need, yeah, every, co- you've got lots of companies blogging, but they're all just doing it for content marketing points of view. There's not actually mm. be people sharing their experiences and yeah, there needs to be more. I miss okay. the good old days of blogging. God, I sound old. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you had you a mean. joke. I did, yeah, well, but he's coming up with jokes instead. So there you oh, go. Oh, yes, that was it. Yes, it was a joke from him. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm sorry, I've got to say this properly. <clears throat> did you know you can only ran in a campsite, not run? Because it's past tense. Oh, no. <laughs> That's actually really good. <laughs> but terrible at the same time. Yeah, so bad it's good. Excellent. Well, hopefully you found this show useful. I personally think it was amazing. Um, and you were lucky to get to listen to it, which is uh, is good. But, um, yeah, if you, if you feel the need to send me a message saying I've said really too many times or, or some 27. other... 27. <laughs> 27, that's an improvement on 68. Um By the way, he didn't count all of those. It wasn't like he was going through the show counting them all, to be fair to him. He he did um, a search on the the show notes. Ah, right, right, right. Still. But that's pretty... That's still pretty impressive. That is annoying, actually. 68 times in an hour. That's one a minute. It's really annoying, Paul. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you want to find out more about the Masterclass behind um, this season of the show, go to boagworld.com forward slash Masterclass. If you'd like to join us on Slack to tell me how shit I am at podcasting, you can do that by going to boagworld.com forward slash um, uh, slacking. Uh, but other than that, I'm really looking forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.